The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hot, hot, hike! Welcome back, Making Monsters. I'm Taylor Dahl. That's Dylan Ryan. And we are here to talk about a victory, Dylan. Victory Saturday. Victory Saturday. Um, It's a little late, obviously. Making Monsters isn't about recapping the football game. We will address the football game a little bit because what we are doing is taking a player that we think performed very well, a player that's in his first contract, and we're going to break that down a little bit, why we chose this person. Um... And so that's the gist of our Making Monsters episodes. But in that, we're celebrating a win over the 49ers because uh, it it was unexpected. Not very many people picked the Bears to win this football game. It was the rain game. Yeah, it was the rain game officially in the history books as the rain game. And I was there, and I can um, concur. It was very rainy. It was an absolute blast. I got, I think, a little cold from it. I'm a little, like, a little scratchy and a little stuffy. Um, But I made it. It was one of the most fun games I've been to because it was so much of like so much weather and everything. And honestly, the first half wasn't quite as rainy. The field was soaked from the pregame. But once we got they got back out there out of halftime and it just slowly started. Rain was picking up and picking up and picking up and there was no avoiding it. So we're just standing there in the soaking rain cheering. And I remember at one point like. Look, I was looking up and I'm like, it's 1910. And I'm like trying to find the, the time left in the game and like. Soldier Field, especially when, like, there's a lot going on, and it's like, I don't go there as much. I try to go, you know, once a year for a Bears game, but it's been a while because of COVID. So I was like, where the heck is the time for this? Because I don't even know how much time is left in this game, and I'm looking around, and I see, like, 334, and I literally looked at my boyfriend, I was like, we're about to win. Crazy. <laughs> like, this is happening. And he was like, yeah. And he, like, starts recording me because he knows I'm going to lose my mind. Um, that's on Twitter. If anybody missed it, the video is out there of me celebrating soaking wet but completely happy. And that's what it's about yeah. is winning football games. Yeah, and I mean, so they have one in the books. Yeah, I mean, I do think a lot of the things that we kind of expected, were, they ended up happening. Where, and obviously the rain played just a huge factor mm-hmm. in, like, all of the things. I'm talking more about the Niners where, like, everyone was like, Trey Lance, breakout year, watch out. And then... He played pretty, like, yeah. okay at yeah. best, you would say. I mean, In the like, first half, and then it got worse. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it got worse throughout the whole game, and obviously it was such a difficult uh, conditions to play in, mm-hmm. and so, like, it's very understandable. It's kind of funny. We were talking earlier in the week when the game just ended, when, when you just got back from Chicago, 
and uh, I was talking about how Justin, he had the, the pick pretty much like very early on in the game. Yeah. And it was, I think, probably the worst pick he's ever thrown as a bear. Yeah. And it was so funny because I was sitting there thinking to myself, it was just like, I am going to look like such an idiot mm. if this guy ends up being terrible. Because yeah. like, I have been so sold on him, so great. And I was like, wow, that was a tough first half. That was a tough pick. But then they like, came around and it just absolutely turned around the second half. Was that the one, though, that Luke Getze now has came out and said that it wasn't on Justin? You can say it wasn't on Justin, yeah. but he threw it into four guys. Yeah. Like, And he hit him in the chest. I mean, obviously, maybe there's some miscommunication there or whatever. I mean, like, you know, you had the pick last night at the Chargers yeah. where it was like, it looked like it was Herbert's fault. Mm-hmm. But it was because the tight end didn't go yeah, the right Yeah, and I think that's what Getsy was saying. I, I yeah. can't remember if it was that play he was talking about, but at least it's a coach taking accountability yes. because all we heard last year from Matt Nagy or any coach was like, we'll find the why. And I'm like, we know the why. Yeah. Like, we're staring at the why, listening to the why. But anyways, we got to win. And I think it's, like you said, everything that we said needs to happen even though I did say Justin Fields is gonna have to have like an extremely out of this world game he did not for the first half but he had a great second half like he came out there and that's what I'm not trying to say yet I feel like I'm jumping the gun I'm not trying to say we're a winning football team yet but you beat a team that was one is was projected to be one of the playoff contenders and you are you were ranked 30th 31st 32nd in the league so you're already making some splashes and it wasn't nice, even nice a good pun game. there. Yeah, splashes. Yeah. It, it wasn't even a great game for the Bears, like offensively. But what happened was they figured out ways in the second half to make it happen, and it did. Yeah, I mean, it was a really fun game to watch. I mean, like it's Justin really put himself on full display in that second half. Uh, he had that one play to Dante Pettis, where like he drew all the defense over the one side of the field with his legs, turns around, just lobs it over to Dante, and he's wide open, and that gave us the lead, and we got right back in the game. And it was just, it was not fun to watch in the first half. It felt yeah. a lot like last year. In the second half, it felt completely different. And, like, yeah. this is a game that last year, I'm convinced we lose 20 nothing. Yeah. Like, we don't make adjustments at halftime. We didn't do that last and that's year. The thing. Yeah. And we came out this second half. We were down 10 nothing. And last year, it would have been 20 to 3, 25 to 3. Exactly. And, like, we played well. And not to mention, like, it looked like they were having so much fun playing together. Yes. And, like, sliding around after the game, you know, like, Rokon was all mic'd up saying, if it's yeah. like I'm playing like a kid again, you know, like, it was just, it was a lot of fun to watch the Bears again. And, like, it wasn't. It's super, been a while. Yeah. It wasn't super great the last season or so, whatever mm. it's been. And, like, even the first half wasn't great, obviously, but, like, once we started getting things going, it's just, like, I could see this team being frisky. Like, yeah. maybe not good, maybe not a playoff contender, but, like, we're going to cover when we were supposed to cover. We're going to have a couple upsets, which is clearly what we had last week. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's – we're not going to be f- great this year, but we're going to be fun, I think. Yeah. And I do think we're going to see a lot of those pieces develop and, like, be like, hey, like, maybe the next season And we'll see two. glimpses of great, I think, yeah. because I think we saw that. And that brings us, ties us to this podcast is I'm not going to say like the player of the week because we're not doing it in as- that aspect. We're doing it more of like our highlighted player who we think played because some weeks it's not going to be the guy that played well. It could be the guy that played um, the worst. <laughs> yeah. So this week it's somebody who played very well and um, it's a rookie and his name is Dominique Robinson. Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious we would take him this week. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen his name everywhere now the last few weeks. Um Quick little background story if you don't know much about Dominique Robinson. He was a quarterback in high school. Um, All through high school, he played quarterback, and that was his thing. And he was a good enough quarterback that a school like Miami University went to recruit him. Mm -hmm. Miami um, of Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they are Miami University. Oh, is it Miami University? Oh, yeah. University of Miami and the Miami University is Miami of of Ohio. Okay. Um, They are the Red Hawks. But so there wasn't a lot of schools after him. Mm -hmm. They were the only one that recruited him. But they did, and they recruited him because they liked him as a quarterback. The and so we have an interview coming up with Coach Chuck Martin, and he is the head coach for the Red Hawks. And he kind of went into detail about this of, you know, what they were looking at when they were recruiting him and why they wanted him 
in Miami University and what they what they saw immediately to how that changed over time. So the interview is really good. We'll get to that in a minute. But it's a really cool story because not only did this kid play quarterback for all of high school, which that's one thing. We see that. We see guys play both sides of the ball in high school. Um, Florida is very, very big in their high school football. So I, I've covered a lot of games and I've seen kids play tight end, running back, defensive line, and kick the ball in one game. Like mm-hmm. that just kind of It's happens. just the best athlete out there. You put him wherever exactly. you need him. Exactly. Yeah. So, but he goes to, he gets recruited, goes there, spends his first three seasons playing wide receiver. It's crazy to me that this guy was a wide receiver. <laughs> it's insane. Point. Like he's got the athleticism for it, but he's just so big. He's big. It just blows my mind. And I guess that size started increasing dramatically. And that's when the coach was like, you're a you're, big guy. Yeah. You should, and you, you should, you should play tight end. And he was like, I don't want to play tight end. Um, so it's very interesting. Like I said, we'll talk to Coach Chuck Martin in a little bit coming up, and he really kind of gets into the whole storyline a little bit more about that. But it's just really interesting how this kid plays the majority of his high school and college career at either quarterback or wide receiver, decides he wants to make a change to defensive end, edge, and excels at it quickly. Yeah. I mean, I think the craziest thing, this guy's been playing DN for like a year and a half. Yeah. And like he had, without a doubt, he was probably our best defender in that game. Yeah. And like it was, he is got very high potential i think and i do think a lot of people were talking about when he were initially drafted him they're just like he's just one of these guys where it's like yeah maybe he's not gonna be great right now but like the ceiling is really high like, he's really athletic you know you could see him come and become great one day mm-hmm. but he's making that initial impact right away yeah and that's something we didn't see and in coming. camp yeah it's, you were talking about him he's been a big name and i'm honestly like he was one of those guys that i felt like really got lost in the draft class because mm-hmm. it was like we had the big defensive we guys had at the Braxton, beginning. You had Jaquan and yeah, Tyler. Yeah, and, and it was guys, like it was yeah. all the offensive linemen in the end of the draft, and like he kind of got mushed in the middle there. Yeah, and like people don't really talk about him that much, but like he has really made his name known the last couple of weeks, and like I think he's only going to get better. He really impressed me. I agree. And so you, that you sent me the text, and I was leaving the game, and you were like, "I think it has to be Demo- uh, Dominique Robinson," and I was like, "Yeah." I'm mean, <laughs> like, like, who else could we talk about? Yeah, like Justin, but like he even had the bad first half. So yeah, and there's we could have talked about Tevin. We could have talked about, uh, and I was. I, we could say Eddie. Eddie's in his year six, so yeah, we can't. We're old. not talking about Eddie. Um, but go Eddie for getting you know that pick. First we'll pick talk in about like, that like a little two bit. Two years or something, right? Oh, Crazy. Man, finally, it was, it was fun to see. Um, yeah. So one of the things I want to dive into a little bit today is tying in another part of Windy City Gridiron, which is Bears over Beers. So they really they they watch the tape. They break down the all twenty two. Um, EJ does a really good job at explaining like terminology that maybe you. You may not understand if you're just, you know, a kind of more easygoing football watcher. Everyday Bears fan. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, like, there, there's even certain aspects of me when I was watching some of this tape that I was like, that's really cool because I didn't know that. And I watch a lot of football. Um, I'm not that person going back and examining the film after, like, X's and O's and what schemes they were running here and who was that. I, I'm not doing that. That's just not the way my mind works. But I do like to go back and rewatch the game. And I do like to pick certain players and watch and see what they were doing because it's really hard when you're watching the game as a whole to be like, so-and-so had a good game, unless they do something crazy like get two sacks and seven tackles and just make impact on several plays when they're only in a half a game, and that's what Dominique did. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, a big part of it is the kid played 28 snaps. He that's played not that many. almost half of what Muhammad and Robert Quinn played, who were the starters on the two ends, um, and then him and Travis kind of had the backup reps behind them, and you saw a lot of good things from them when they were in, but Dominique really stood out. So one of the things that uh, Bears Over Beers talked about, sorry, I'm like out of breath 
But um, one of the things they did talk about, which kind of popped out to me anyways, was that him mimicking certain certain things that Robert Quinn does. Um, it's a good person to mimic. Robert yeah. Quinn is successful. Robert Quinn had 18 sacks last season. Um, Robert Quinn hasn't had consecutive 10, 11, 12 plus sack seasons, but he's had several 10 plus sack seasons and he's been successful in the NFL for a while at his position. Um, when the Bears got him that first year, we were pumped. It didn't look well. And then it was like one sack for yeah. like $20 million. I was like, ah. Well, what did we do? But he took a massive leap, you could say. Yeah. Um, so when they were interviewing Dominique Robinson in the offseason, one of his interviews said that he likes to look at guys and mimic them. So he looks at the guys who are successful at that position, and he did it in college, and that's how he got good so quick. To me, this show's smart because. To me, this shows that he can watch something and do it, and not everybody can do that <laughs> at a high level. Um, you can do it in a practice, but to that, to translate that onto the football field in the NFL in a real regular season game against Trent Williams and uh, what is Mike McLecky, like that that is talent. Yeah, and totally agree. So he made this comment, Dom did, in the offseason, and then Bears over Bears – Bears over beers talked about this in their film breakdown. So we're going to play a clip right now from that on a certain hand motion he kind of learned from Robert Quinn. This is the first sack. Double hand slap to get cross face on McGlinchey. What does that mean? That means McGlinchey goes to get his hands up and get his hands into Robinson's chest. Robinson starts on his outside shoulder. And as he does that, as he sets that outside foot to get McGlinchey leaning towards the outside of the play, McGlinchey shoots his hands. Robinson takes both hands and slaps his arm down at the same time, shifting weight from his left foot to his right foot to get cross face on the tackle. Center line of a tackle is face, right? To get from one side to the other, we call that cross face. Gets cross face to the inside. Now McGlinchey is leaning to the outside, had his hands up, and his hands are now on the outside, and Robinson's going the other way on the inside. Hops to the inside, has the strength to pull down Trey Lance with one hand, grabs the back of his jersey with one hand, locks on, and swings him to the ground pretty hard, forcefully. Slaps him down with just the grip strength. All of that is unreal. <laughs> like. Right. Setting up McGlinchey like that, being able to clear his hands and move across his face in one move, basically one hop, get to the inside, burst, catch the quarterback from behind, not get a horse collar tackle, just grab a handful of jersey and then slap him to the ground as you're swinging out into an arc. All of that was a whole play. All right. So in that, he's pretty much saying that He's calling it a let me let me get this wording right because it I was kind of laughing double hand slap to get cross face. They say Robert Quinn calls it a euro step chop. I love um, that name. And it, it's to me I told EJ I was like it sounds like something you hear in like a bar fight. Double hand slap to get cross face. But this specific move is something clearly that Dominique watched Robert Quinn do in practices and was like I'm going to do that cuz it's working. And did it. And the NFL and got a sack. Yeah, second and a half. Yeah, like, it's absolutely amazing some of this kid, those things this kid was doing immediately in the game when he was on the field. Um, another thing is we can talk about the stats, obviously, throw a few of those numbers out there. We've got one and a half sacks. Like I said, 28 snaps he took 
one and a half sacks. He had um, 11 pass rushes in this time, two pressures, seven totals tackle, seven total tackles, one tackle for loss, and three hustle stops. This hustle stop number I hadn't heard. That's because it is new in the NFL. Next Gen Stat just started tracking this year. So uh, Bears Over Beers went and broke down what a hustle stop is in their podcast this week. So we'll throw that to, uh, we'll listen to that real quick. And three hustle stops. Now, hustle stops are new this year. So the definition of hustle stops, this is an NFL next-gen stat, are defined as tackles resulting in a successful defensive play where the player covers 20-plus yards of in-play distance from snap to tackle. So this is one where somebody's having to cook all the way across the field and make the tackle on the other sideline. Or they started off in a pass rush and there was a completion to a tight end in the middle of the field. They turned around and ran 10, 15 yards downfield and made the tackle. So he had three hustle stops. That led all defenders for week one. All defenders, not all rookie defenders. Um, that's a lot of running. And he is a guy that runs. He runs to the ball, which makes him a perfect fit for Eberflus's system. Um, but he got all this production as a second stringer. All right. So it's an interesting stat to me. To me, it's showing like, obviously you're, it's somebody who's covering a lot of the field. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's major. You're showing speed. You're showing athleticism, showing that he's following the ball. He's keeping his eye on the ball. He knows where the ball is. We see a lot of times that the, the defensive ends, once they feel like, and I'm putting this in air quotes, their job is done. That pass rush is done. They kind of lose the play. Yeah. He's obviously not doing that because he's finding the ball when it's past the line of scrimmage. Yeah. I mean, I think it very much shows how athletic he is. One and two, like he's not someone that like gives up on plays really. Like it's like, oh, like this guy got past me. It doesn't mean I can't catch him at some point, you mm -hmm. know? And like that's something that's really easy for a player to just be like, oh, the ball's 20 yards away. Like, yeah. that's I'm not, not my side. I'm of the not going to get yeah. there. Like, mm -hmm. you know, and like I think it's a good example. I mean, like last night or what was it last night? We're recording on Friday for mm -hmm. Thursday night football. Um, they had that play with Gerald Everett where he pretty much was just like, you know, they had the pick six and he just turns around and picks up his mouth guard. Doesn't yeah. even chase after the guy. Yeah. And like, obviously like he was gassed or hurt or mm -hmm. whatever it was, but like, that's a great example of like, that's not giving up on a play. He, well, he gave up on the play. Yeah. But, like, well, I'm saying, yeah. And then Dom, like, Dom that's not. what I'm saying. And like, Dom doesn't do that. He's yeah. the kind of guy where it's just like, yeah, maybe I like got a little bit beat off initial, the initial jump there, but like I can turn around and get the running back or I could do this or that. And like, I love seeing that from a player because like. It's so easy to just be like, oh, like I'm a great player when there's a play in front of me. But, yeah. Like going out there and finding the play yeah. is way more hard to yeah, do. Yeah, that's the next level. That's next level stuff that usually guys are not doing in their first NFL game. You know, I um, he was the second highest graded rookie of, of, of the rookies, not saying defensive rookies of the rookies. He was the second highest graded according to PFF. He also led all defenders in that hustle stop play. Yeah. All defenders, not rookie defenders. Every defender in the that NFL he covered. Aaron more Donald, that yeah, like guys TJ that are Watt. running and chasing people down. Um, so one of the things that Dom said in the offseason also was that he's not a finished product. This makes sense to me. I mean, I, I think he said he's people are using the word project, but I think he used the word product because he's he knows he knows he can be uh, a successful product in the NFL and people will look at him that way. But he also knows there's work to do. He had only played this position. Like you said, he's doing a year, a year, a little over a year. He's at playing this defensive end edge position. So he made that comment. And so he said he's been really working on the ability to stop the run because it's just such a major, major part of Eberflus's system. Mm -hmm. So and EJ spoke in Bears Over Bears and talks about his angle pursuit in against the run. 
And this really stood out to me because I remembered this quote. And so we'll listen to that real quick. His pursuit angles in the run game are really good. You can see there's a couple of plays, again, where he's pursuing a long ways uh, all the way across the formation. And you can see him continually adjust that path to be the most efficient. I'm, I'm getting there as fast as I can, but if I stay here, I'm going to end up behind him. I'm going to you know, continually two or three times during my long run, just tick it in um, and make sure that I'm on the most efficient path to the ball carrier. That's impressive. So it, I love this because EJ also, I think I, he also said, I think in like around the same time frame, not in this clip, but the edge rushers put a lot of effort into their pass rush, but sometimes don't put as much effort into that, the, the run because their job is to pass rush. Yeah. I mean, at You're the end of the day, sacks are, sa sa sacks are sexy. Yeah. You know, like a tackle for a loss for a running back, it's cool. But yeah. like at the end of the day, like sacks get you the money. Yeah. And like, obviously that's what players want to do. You know, they want to be the highlight reel. They want to get all the big bucks. But like at the end of the day, like you got to do whatever they need you to do. If yeah. it's going after the quarterback, do that. If it's dropping mm -hmm. into coverage, do that. If it's getting the running back, you got to do that as well. Yeah. And I think that in Flusa's system, it is very beneficial to be able to do both. And it looks like Dom can. Um, he does it very – what we've seen, this is one-game sample, but in this one-game sample that we have seen for the Chicago Bears, Dom was able to perform at a high level against the pass rush, against the pass and against the run, and that's an important thing, obviously, in the NFL. A very um, run-heavy team, might we add. Exactly. Um, all right, and then so another thing that I thought was really, really cool as he was breaking down this film, and I mentioned it earlier, the Eddie Jackson – Interception. I'm so happy. I was pumped. I've mentioned on this podcast before. I was a huge Eddie fan. I've been cheering for him. I was bummed that he kind of had a lull, and I'm ready for Eddie Jackson's season to be back. Um, he got an interception. It was so exciting. It was just a great moment. But the crazy thing is that the first time they packaged Robert Quinn and Dominique Robinson together, this happened. Late in the game, fourth quarter. And this is this is as much on the coaching staff as it is on him, and it's a good thing. They packaged him with Quinn for the first time. They decided, hey, this is the guy that, you know, they're over there on the tablets, they're looking at the plays, they're saying, this is the guy that's getting movement. Late in the game, when the game counts, when it's on the line, it's a tight game, we want him rushing. We want him in the top, you know, if we're talking about hockey, we want to move him up to the top line. We need scorers, right? Um, and Interestingly enough, the first time that they packaged Quinn and Robinson together, you know what play it was? So it's really cool. I mean, he, he EJ pretty much says it wasn't directly correlated, as in Dominique Robinson and Robert Quinn being out on the field together wasn't directly cor correlated to that Eddie Jackson interception. Mm -hmm. But what you are seeing is two guys coming at you very fast around both edges, and I'm sure that makes you throw the ball a little quicker than you would normally. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, look at the 2018 Bears. And they had guys like Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks. The way they generated turnovers was putting so much pressure on the quarterback where maybe they're not getting the sack, but they're making it so difficult to where a guy like Kyle Fuller or Bryce Callahan or I don't remember the other corner was. But even still, it just made it so much easier. Prince mm -hmm. Mukamara. I yes. totally remember. But, like, Mukamara. anyways, but it made it way easier for them to take advantage of those things. And when you have effective pass rush, it makes your pass defense a lot easier. Yeah. And I think that we talked a lot Dylan about Brisker helping Eddie 
And I don't think we talked enough about how those edge rushers and the defensive line can also help Eddie. Yeah, not so much. I do think Jaquan, though, is going to be really helpful for him. And I yeah, think this I, last week was a good example saw of that. We that, too. And that's what, I mean, Jaquan and Kyler played all 68 snap, all 68 of their defensive snaps. Gordon had six t- tackles. Briskert had four. He had a recovered fumble. They were all, the rookies were all over the place. And it was yeah. so great to see. Braxton held his own uh, against Bosa, which that was great to see. Uh, we saw a lot of split snaps between Tevin and Lucas Patrick because Lucas Patrick is not snapping the ball yet, but you weren't seeing a whole lot of guys get around them. I saw Tevin with several plays, and that's why I probably would have picked Tevin if I, if Dom didn't have this game because there was multiple times where he was taking on two guys at once or would get you know get his block up, get that guy out of the way, then run over and do a block for Justin as he's running on the outside. And so there were so many moments where Tevin was just so much fun to watch. But this episode's about Dom. Uh, Dominique Robinson and so that was just some of the things that stood out in the film for me and that's the reason I wanted to call Chuck coach Chuck Martin Um, obviously he's been there he was there for the entirety of Dom's career he was a part of recruiting Dominique to the Red Hawks and uh, so yeah let's take a short commercial break and then we're going to get into the interview with coach Martin When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Coach Chuck Martin joining us, head coach of Miami University, Miami of Ohio, the Red Hawks. Coach, thank you so much for joining us. I'm not going to keep your um, time too much because I know you have a big game tomorrow against Cincinnati at 12 p.m., but we wanted to call you here because Dominique Robinson had an absolutely stellar game, so we just wanted to chat a little bit about the process of Dominique and his position changes and just him being able to succeed through high school, college, and NFL playing multiple positions. That is wonderful. I appreciate you uh, having me. Yeah, thank you. Um, all right, Coach, I'm going to start by saying – I'm going to ask you a quick question just to kind of set the tone of this because I saw you were born and raised right outside Chicago. Are you a Bears fan? Yes. All right. So this makes this even more fun because we get to talk about the Bears a little bit. How much do you get to watch professional football being a college head coach? Next to none until the playoffs, until our season. So we work all day Sunday. So I never – I follow it, but I never never watch. Like I didn't see one second of the Bears' victory last weekend. I I definitely have – following it um, and seeing what happened. And my wife's also from Chicago, so she was texting me uh, minute-by-minute updates, which was nice. Yeah, that's exciting. I, and I know because it's a kind of the same here. When we cover so much NFL, it's a little harder to really dive into the college world. But once it comes to combine time and draft time, we're really deep diving into some of these guys. Um, 
But the whole gist of this podcast, Coach, is it's called Making Monsters, and we have a lot of young talent on the Chicago Bears. And so we want to highlight guys each week that we think stood out. And Dominique Robinson obviously was just one of these. He was all over the place this last game, and it was really, really fun to watch him. So we want to let's get into that a little bit. Um, just it's a really cool story, too. When you go back and look, just the position changes and kind of what he went through from high school to college. So we'll get to that switch in a little bit. But I want to start with the recruiting aspect. Uh, when we look at your tenure with the Red Hawks since 2014, that leap in the success in recruiting has just been highly noticeable. And I think it's really cool to see that. What's it like for you recruiting guys to the Mid-American Conference? Yeah, obviously everybody wants to play Power 5, and that's what you know everybody's trying to do. Um, we're trying to obviously find Power 5 kids like Dom um, that for whatever reason the Power 5 looks over or misses on. Or, you know what I mean? Um, Dom was a kid that played high school quarterback, was a really good high school quarterback. They ran zone read, and we we loved his athleticism. We didn't think he was a college quarterback. We told him up front, but that kind of, like, I really thought he was going to play at Ohio State or Notre Dame. I really did. I thought he was that athletic, that explosive. We were his only offer. He committed to us. I was shocked that no one else figured out that he was so such an elite athlete um, and such a wonderful person and such unbelievable work ethic. So we basically crew him said, you can play wherever you want. You play tight end, receiver, defensive end, linebacker, safety. Like We just knew he was a great athlete, and we knew he was going to have to learn some position. Um, he kind of chose a few days in this freshman year to move to wide out. He's like, what do you think? I said, like we told you, we, we'll let you choose where you want to go and want to try it. Did that for three years and did a wonderful job. Uh, made some huge catches for us. Um, but at the end of his third season, um, I was thinking more tight end. Moving him, he was getting big, and I thought he could be an NFL tight end or NFL D end were his probably two best chances. But, you know, when he was younger, he was much lighter. And I was thinking, hey, let's move him closer to the line of scrimmage. He he met with me and said, hey, I'd like to try the end. I said, that, that'd be great. We tried him at the end, and it was very natural, and uh, the story is the story. So he mm-hmm. took to it immediately, and uh, obviously it's been, been great for us the last two years, and then obviously great for the Bears game one. Yeah, I mean, I think that, as you mentioned, uh, really recruiting in your conference, you really are looking for kind of the the diamonds in the rough, the the potential that maybe some other people, uh, some other conferences aren't quite seeing because you guys have to dig a little further for that. So when it came to Dom, did you know immediately that he would be able to kind of change positions and be a guy that didn't have to be a quarterback in college football? We thought his best position would be quarterback. We weren't sure what it'd be. We just loved the character, loved the work ethic, loved the intelligence, and then obviously loved his athleticism and said, hey, we'll figure it out. You know, we'll figure it out as we go. Um, a lot of times kids have preferences where they play, so a lot of times when we get that great athlete, we let them choose. Um, the Bears have another guy that's one of my guys, Sterling Weatherford, that is very similar story. Like, he was a high school hooper. He was going to go play college basketball, and we were trying to convince him to come play football. He played high school football, but his main sport was basketball. And the same thing with Sterling. You know, we saw this huge upsides with this great athlete. We didn't know what Sterling was. We made him into a safety, and he made it to the NFL. So we're always looking and recruiting for those athletes that, you know, Sterling wasn't a major football player in high school. He was just a great athlete that played hoops and kind of played football because he's great. Dom was this freak athlete in high school, too, that – no one saw him as a quarterback, so he got overlooked because no one wanted to project him someplace else. 
when you're in the MAC, you got to kind of take those chances on those kids. And a lot of a lot of times they don't pan out. But you know, Dom is obviously one that panned out uh, to the to the nth degree. Yeah, and you, I've heard you say it many times, the word athletic, and that's one of the things that I kept, as I was reading about Dom, it was constantly like his athleticism, his athleticism, and as uh, we were watching kind of game tape and guys were breaking it down, that's a word they use constantly, and I think that sometimes in pro football that word gets tossed around a little too easily, but I was at the game coach, and it was obviously conditions that are very difficult to play in. Uh, he played half the snaps at some of some of those guys that were on the defensive line also and put up numbers comparable to what he would play in a full game, which was really, really fun to see just how quick he got out there and how quick he was getting after the quarterback and getting after the ball. He was kind of just swarming the ball wherever it was. But that athleticism, do you think that part made it a little easier for him to be able to switch that position in college and then now be looks like what will be successful in the NFL? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. It, 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 he's, the combination of such physical gifts, which he has, I always called him LeBron because he walks and he looks like LeBron, you know, mm-hmm. like, okay, here comes LeBron, you know, <laughs> like, and, and then you match that with intelligence. He's one of the smartest kids you'll be around. And then you match it with the highest character, like, and you got an unbeatable combination. It just, you know, it takes time to develop. And it, a lot of times those kids, sometimes they don't find the right position, but he found his, his best position in the end. And obviously he's flourishing, but when he was a true freshman, he was here for five days. The NFL scouts always come in during fall camp. I remember when Shiver from the Bears came in, and he had been here like four days. And the first thing Shive said is like, hey, who's number 11? I said, he's a true freshman. He's like, oh, my God. Like, so even at that young an age, mm-hmm. he stood out physically. You know what I mean? Yeah. His physical gifts stood out, too. And Shives wasn't the only NFL scout that came and said, hey, who's 11? I said, I don't know. They're like, what's he at? We're like, we don't know yet. We're going to figure this thing out. But <laughs> we, took him he, we took him because we knew you guys, you know, he looked like that to us, too. And now we got to – so, and again, not everyone that has those physical gifts pan out like that. But, mm-hmm. but obviously sometimes you do, and that's obviously in our, in our league, that's what we're looking for. Yeah, because I think one of the stories I saw was it was a game against Akron, and after that, I saw a particular player, I can't remember the player's name now, but it was a picture of them too, and people were commenting that their physique, their body type was t- t- kind of similar, and they were like, hey, you, sh- you could be able to play defensive end, you could play that edge part, and that is kind of what made him say, I'll, you know, come to you and say, I want to make this switch, but that can't be easy. It can't be easy to just all of a sudden play your, your life as a quarterback wide receiver and jump to the opposite side of the ball in at the level of college. Yeah, no, and again, sometimes it's a fit, sometimes Sometimes, again, sometimes it takes a couple position moves. The thing with Dom is, like, he wasn't failing at wideout. He was a good Mac receiver. He played for it. You know, so it wasn't like sometimes a kid plays position, he's buried on the depth chart, so it's an easy move. Eat harder for Dom when – but – we weren't when he came to me at the end of the year, we were getting ready for a bowl game. Um, I said, perfect timing. Obviously you're going to play receiver in the bowl game because you played receiver all year. I said, but we got these bowl practices to figure this thing out. And I remember the first day we put him in at DN at bowl practice with like no coaching. You know, I'm not saying no, but very little. He, we just threw him mm-hmm. in there. You know, we were doing some live scrimmaging and it was so natural. Like the first, he, his aggressiveness, his hand play, like we're like, and Dom is such a good kid. He's like, what do you think? I said, I think it's, I think it's a very good choice. Like, you're, you're going to do very well here. So, um, again, it's just, it is an amazing story. There are a lot of position changes in college from high school. There are guys that switch sides of the ball and end up in the NFL. But there's, 
there's more that never find their home and never find their niche. He he found his perfect fit and he he's taken off and he his he still has a huge upside. I love it. And just also coming to the Bears. The Bears have historically just been such a defensive team. And growing up a Bears fan, you love the defense. You love seeing guys swarm the ball and get turnovers and get sacks. That's just a part of the game for us. Uh, we're still, you know, kind of learning the, how to love the offense. But going to that Bears game, I know you said you didn't watch much of it. But one of the things that I heard a lot of good things about when it came to Dom's performance in this game was recovery time. Um it pointed out in the game that he was very successful at if that initial contact wasn't what it needed to be or what he wanted it to be. That next move, the pivot, the hand placement, whatever it was, was very quick to change and recover. Is that something that is coached or is that some sort of natural ability that Dom has just picked up? Yeah, it's definitely coached, and I'm sure we coached him here, and I'm sure the Bears coach him. But you coach it, but some people have the natural ability to do it quicker and react quicker. And you mean, so there is innate instinct involved in everything you do in athletics. So you coach everybody the same, but not everybody reacts to, Hey, I got blocked and I have to counter quicker. You know, some people have a more natural reaction. Some people don't. So that that's also a, a God given feel for the game and feel for athletics. Yeah. A couple more for you before I let you go. Uh, like I said, you have a, a big game tomorrow at noon, correct? Yeah, so uh, let me get to a couple more. It, it wasn't like Dominique Robinson was going against a bad offensive line. He went up against Trent Williams, who is probably the best, if not one of the best, in the league right now. And then Mike McGlitchie, he's he's not a nobody. He These are good tackles that he was going up against. Um, and so you wouldn't have noticed, though. You wouldn't have noticed he was a rookie out on the field during those moments. Is this kind of the that the vibe you got from Robinson in college where he always was the guy to step up and be at the level he needed to be in that moment? Yeah, no, he's, he's very confident. Um, he, he's very sure of himself, very sure of his ability. Um, I heard nothing but great things at camp. When I asked, how's he doing? I heard difference maker come out of people's mouths like he's a difference maker. So when I heard that from the Bears, people figured, okay, he must be doing very well. They know what they're talking about. And like you say, the Bears know a little bit about defense. So when they're saying a rookie's going to be a difference maker for us, that's, that's pretty high praise for a kid that's never played a game. So not surprised that anything Dom accomplishes. Um, Always has had the confidence to, you know, I wasn't worried about him going from college to the NFL or from the MAC to the NFL. Like he's, Dom's going to play really, really hard and, and, and do his thing regardless. Obviously, that the 49ers have great offensive linemen. Like you said, one of them's rated as maybe the best one in the league. I recruited McGlinchey to Notre Dame, so I know McGlinchey very well. <laughs> McGlinchey is a tremendous, tremendous offensive tackle. So, yeah, like you said, he was going up against two of the best. And like you said, in not great conditions to show off athleticism. And from everything I heard, he looked like a crazy great athlete in a monsoon, which is hard to do. Oh, yeah. it was. Uh, I was sitting at the game, and my voice is a little scratchy now because i sitting out there in the rain for four hours and yelling. Um, I lost my voice a little bit, but it was definitely it was a fun game. There's some life in the Bears now, and you being a Bears fan, I'm sure you understand that it's been a stretch of not as fun. So it's really, it's really cool to kind of see some of these young guys take that step up and make it look like there's a future for the Bears. Um, but take me just real quick to the moment that Dominique was drafted. What was what was your mindset kind of like? I know he went a little later than some would have expe expected, but how excited were you for Dom when you heard his name? Well, I was, you know, anytime we get a kid drafted here at Miami, we, we, we couldn't be any more excited. We knew he was getting drafted just where and when. 
when I heard it was the Bears, it just was like, oh my goodness, it's the Bears. My, he's my first ever Bear. Like okay. all my years, I've coached tons of NFL guys, and I've never had anyone put on a Bear uniform, not for one day of a minicamp. Like I've never coached it. And at, at one point in my life, I had three Vikings, I had two <laughs> two Lions, and a Green Bay Packer. And I grew up a Bears fan. I got guys that. <laughs> You know, kids that I love and root for, and I got to root against my Bears because I got three Vikings. Yeah. I, I grew up hating Fran Tarkington, and now I'm rooting for the Vikings over my beloved Bears because I got, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, you're always going to root for your guys. It doesn't oh, yeah. matter where they're at. You know what I mean? they. So, and then I hear it's the Bears, and it's like, oh my God, I finally have a Bear, and he's Dom, and he got drafted. And now it's like, it, it makes it even, for me and my wife, it makes it both lifelong Bear fans, you know. And then, you know, Sterling gets cut by the Colts and he signs with the Bears and that's exciting. And then actually Jalen Walker, who's one of our star slot receivers, dads is the new Bears running backs coach. So in one season I went from having no no Bears to having three running backs coach as the father of one of my players and I got two two of my guys off last year's team. So and then I see him beat the forty ers who everybody's so high on the forty ers I'm like so it, it's it's I wouldn't care if he was playing for the forty ers against the Bears. Bears would be fun, but it's it better for me that he's doing it for the Monsters of the Midway. Trust me. Oh, yes. Have you, uh, last one for you, have you talked to Dom since he's been drafted? I've talked to him. I talked to him during camp. Um, and he, I, I had talked to other guys with the Bears, you know, that said he was doing fantastic. I talked to him one time during camp. He sounded great. I try not, I know those, I mean, they're trying to make teams, they're trying to make spots, they're trying, like, I don't bother them. Like, I'm sure after last week's game, everybody that knew Dom Robinson called them. Mm-hmm. I'm not bothering them. Dom, Dom knows if he ever needs anything, call me. I will check in with him periodically, but I don't, he doesn't need to tell me. I, I saw he had a great game, and I, I couldn't be any more excited, but I'm going to let him do his thing and uh, focus on what he has to focus on. Well, thank you, Coach, so much. Um, I'm Again, I'm so excited for this young team. This There's a lot of defensive guys that are a little younger, and the secondary has very much improved, and they're all young. Um, but seeing you know several guys that have come from MAC schools, it's, it's cool. It's cool to see these guys succeed. And my, Miami of Ohio is one of the schools that you honestly hear quite a bit when you're watching games when they flash up at the bottom, and you're like, man, I didn't really know much about this kid in college, but he's really good. So I, I just want to yeah. say good luck this weekend and um, I hope you guys get the win against Cincinnati thank you so much and anytime you need anything just reach out love to talk about our guys obviously all right thanks so much have a good weekend coach thank you thanks all right so that was a really fun interview with coach martin honestly a little jealous i had to set that one out. i know well we had a little panic because we are trying to get him i know he has a very tight schedule right now they play cincinnati tomorrow at noon so that's the, a tough one yeah so the, the us getting him was awesome anyways but it was also a very slim time frame we could get him in our studio podcast here at the station was taken so we had to switch things around so unfortunately Dylan get to, didn't get to sit into it but I it, heard it and it was great. Yeah, it it was awesome. Like he was fun. He was like he's. You could tell he wanted to be there, which is cool. Sometimes mm-hmm. you do these interviews with guys and they're just like, "I'm doing it because I'm I'm doing Good it." Good press, you know. You like know, all yeah. That kind of stuff. This yeah. he did it because he loves his guys and he loves his guys that he gets to watch succeed in the NFL and he loves that this guy plays for the Chicago Bears. Like I loved hearing the excitement in his voice when he was like, oh, "I had to cheer for the Vikings and I had to cheer for the Packers." And with this, he was like, "I finally get to cheer for the Bears." And I'm like, "Yes." I like I know that feeling because I've had it with college players like college players I love go to teams I don't love and I'm like man this sucks like I cheered for this kid 
all his time at Notre Dame, and then now he's on Packers, and now Equinemius is well, honestly, on the Well, honestly, funny enough, literally I was thinking, I was like, yeah. Equinemius St. Brown, I loved him in college, he goes to the Packers, I was like, well, I hate oh, this no. guy now, and yeah. lo and behold, back now in Chicago. we got him, and I mean, a touchdown. Yeah, Chuck Martin, I think he's just he's just a Midwest guy. Yeah. You know, like, uh, he's in Ohio now, spent a ton of time in Indiana with Notre Dame, Yeah, and he's grew up in Chicago, so like, he's... As Midwest as it comes, yeah. and like, just a football guy through and through. And I, I love it. So a few of the things that stuck out to me and that, uh, Dylan, is sometimes college guys search for their best position and what they come into from high school to college. And I, I don't think I realized this as much until he was saying it, but I, it makes a lot of sense when you're talking about like the MAC conference, the MAC Mid-American Conference, because they have to search a little more. And in that searching for a little more, maybe they see a guy that they're like, man, he like he's a really good, he's really athletic or he's really big or his vertical's this or his arms are really long, but he doesn't quite play that position in high school because in high school you kind of, we mentioned earlier, get thrown into things and the, your coach tells you to play a position and a lot of times you just stick with that position because that's what your middle school coach or your Pop Warner coach told you to play. Um, and these college coaches are better at evaluating what a player's potential is and where they could possibly succeed. So... It was really cool to me to hear his his like opinion in that of like we saw him like he wasn't a schmuck wide receiver. He was just getting bigger. And I was like, this position's not for you. You should maybe play tight end. And then Don was like, actually, I want to play defensive end. And he said, let's do it. How often do you hear receivers go to defensive end? Like, that's, I've never heard of that transition before. Yeah. Like, obviously, like, they have, like, quarterback to receiver. You have yeah. tight end to Quarterback to running back, fullbacks yeah. back in the day. Like, you know, like, it happened. But, like, yeah. that's just such a different position. And, like, it just shows how athletic he is. Yeah. Where it's just, like, put me somewhere on the field. Give me a little bit of time, and I'll make something work. Yeah. And I and I think that Chuck was very adamant about his athleticism. And that's why I kind of pointed out Called to him. Called him LeBron that, James. Yeah, which... Boo, I hate LeBron. But, but he's definitely an athlete, <laughs> yeah. to say the least. He's I agree with you. He's athletic, and he proves it constantly, and he's proven it for years, and he's proven it on multiple teams, so you can't deny the fact that he is. Um, I think that another thing that stood out, and I, I, used, I, saw the, I said the word athletic already, but he, kept, he used three words a lot, and it was character, athletic, and worth ethic. And I love that. Because, I mean, that's what you want to hear. I mean, there are so many times where you get these guys who – and I don't think we know it's a fail yet, but one of the tally negative marks on George Pickens was his work ethic and his character. And there was, you know, like that was why he kind of dropped. And could argue it's why the Bears didn't pick him. Yeah. Why several teams didn't pick him because it was that a lot of teams don't want to deal with that anymore. There's too much media out there. There's too much social media. There's cameras on you at all time. You can't get away with the character stuff as much as you used to. Um, so when you hear that a guy not only is athletic, not as not only is a hard worker, but also has good character is great to hear. And one of the things that I noticed during the game, actually, and EJ and Jeff broke it down in Bears over Bears too was at the sack, his half sack that happened later in the game that he split with Roquan, he didn't celebrate after. And it was interesting to me because most times when you see a guy get a sack, they're jumping up and they're pumping their arms and they're yelling. Maybe like a Lamar Houston might celebrate a sack. Yeah. And then, you know, tear an ACL or Achilles or whatever it was. You're usually seeing something and you didn't see anything. So I was really, I was wondering what that was. Was this like to Dom, it's, this is what he does. Like, okay, cool. No like, I got job. a sack. Like, what? You know, like, yeah. What's cool about it? I just got a sack. That's what I'm. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm getting paid for. But Jeff made a comment about it just seeming like he was kind of mad because he didn't fully finish it and needed Roquan's help to get him down. Yeah. And I don't think he. T- I think Trey Lance would have gone down, but 
Roquan's hit was hard, and Roquan got Trey Lance down fast. Um, Roquan's a big, powerful guy, and we know that, and Roquan's been doing this successfully. So, But when Jeff said that, I was like, I wonder. Like, I wonder if he really was like, that was my job and I didn't finish it, which yeah, I, mean, I that, like. That's what you want to see. I mean, like, that's a guy who, like, succeeded and wasn't happy with himself. Yeah. Like, that's something that's just, like, he wants to be perfect all the time. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're just speculating on this, but, like, if that yeah. is the case, it's awesome. And, like, going back to what uh, Chuck was saying about, uh, or Coach Martin, rather, was saying about um, – Dominique were like, obviously, like, coaches are going to talk up their players, mm-hmm. especially, like, when they go to the NFL, because, I mean, like, they want more guys to come to their school and yeah. all this and that, but, like, can we talk about, like, the worth ethic, worth work ethic? Well, you messed up on that, too. I it's a tough too. one. Work ethic. Um, when you talk about that, like, it's really easy to say that, but, like, going from quarterback to receiver to the end, that is not just something you just do, yeah. you know? Like, you don't just start, obviously, and, like, he did say, like, he did have a lot of natural success right away at mm-hmm. the end, but, like... It's something that takes a lot of work at. You have to study technique. You have to study tape and all this stuff. And, like, going from receiver to DN are so drastically. It's not so even, like, different. like receiver to corner. Like, yeah, you can say, like, oh, I used to know what they did. This, isn't that. Like, a guy like Richard Sherman, mm-hmm. you know? But, like, receiver to DN, that's insane to yeah. me. And, like, something else they talked about a lot was just, like, this guy was a freak athlete in high school. Like, he's 6'5", huge. He played quarterback and, like. He's like, oh, he's going to go to Notre Dame or Ohio State or mm-hmm. one of these places. And I'm just like. And no one made him an offer. I mean, like, he had to be smaller in high school. Yeah. I just, there's no other way that he, like, he wouldn't. Yeah. Like, he's, like, huge. Yeah. And, like, the idea that this guy's playing quarterback. I think quarterback, I saw he was, like, 210, 214, and now he's, like, 250. Yeah. So, like, he, he definitely bolts. was, yeah, he definitely was a lot smaller. And, like, he did mention he got a lot bigger in college. Yeah. And, like, that probably would explain that. But, mm-hmm. like, he's just someone that, like, I'm really excited about because, like, it's been a year and a half of him playing D-end. And he yeah. had. Arguably the best defensive game of anyone on our yeah. team last year. And not even in just the Bears. You can look league-wise right now, and he had one of the better games of any of the defensive ends in the NFL for week and one. And didn't play that much. Yeah, played half. Like that, That's the crazy part to me. Could you imagine if he really was out there? Even 10, 15 more snaps. What would have happened? Another sack? Another half a sack? Who knows? Maybe if we're lucky next everywhere. week, there might be an Aaron Rodgers broken collarbone. Oh, oh gosh. Don't say that. <laughs> I mean, like, we don't want to oh, no, beat don't him want from injuries. an injury. We don't want injuries. I want to like, beat Aaron Rodgers fair and square twice this season. But well, we can do it on the last play of a blowout <laughs> for the Bears. Is that better? Is that fine? He'll, he'll be healthy by, by the end of the season. The we Bears play him again. have a knack of breaking his collarbone. No, but... I mean, I won't be sad if it happens. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, so another thing, though, that stood out for me and Coach Martin's thing was he was talking about his like physically as a freshman um, he stood out and they were seeing him they were watching this kid play and guys were coming to watch him and they were like who's that kid who's that number 11 what's he do and they're like we don't know like (laughs) he's an athlete we're not sure yet he plays football like we're trying to figure it out too which is so cool like it kind of made me smile because it imagine just being that freshman player and you're like you're a quarterback all your life and then all of a sudden they're like you're playing wide receiver here and obviously he had that work ethic kicks in there because he worked his butt off and did what he needed to do and then when he decided that wasn't enough he's like I'll switch positions so it is enough for me um but it, it was just such a cool story to think about like coach Martin sitting there talking to someone and they're like what is he like a lineman and he's like I don't know we're trying to figure that out and then he plays receiver for three years and then switches yeah i mean not he's just a freak athlete is what it sounds like and like there are a lot of times where, like you have those freak athletes that like they just never pan out you yeah know? like it happens but there are also a lot of times where it's just like you just got to teach him a few things about technique and this mm-hmm. and that and like i think the early returns show that like i think he's at the very least gonna be decent yeah. i don't think he's gonna be bad i'd be shocked if he's a bad player yeah and that was one of the things too that coach martin said was that he because i asked him you know how much is coaching and how much is natural ability of a player and he said a lot of the 
the hand motion, where to, where to place your hands and all of the things like that when you are defending with the right tackle they or wherever you are on that line for him, it would be a tackle. But a lot of it is coach the, what the coach coaches you, but how much you actually take in and learn and understand. And he said that he highly understands and takes in and absorbs everything that is coached to him, which I think is so important, especially now that we have a good coaching staff. If he was absorbing all of the bad coaching from last year, I'm not sure I'd be saying not that right now. Not to mention a defensive-focused coaching staff. Exactly, so like, yeah. Eberflus, that's that's his thing. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people complained about getting a defensive-sided coach, but I think I like it because it, it bulks up your defense – and it gives Justin a different view. It, yeah. We saw it with Lovey, and Lovey pretty much kind of dismissed. I've heard stories that he would just not really care much about the offense and was like, figure it out. But he also would come to them and be like, look at it this way. Look at it through the defensive mind, and this is what we are seeing. So don't do this, you know? And so th- sometimes that helps. But so it was really cool. It was a great interview because I learned a lot about Dom. I took a step of like you know in the path because I was just so curious at how this kid goes through these position changes and then so quickly is succeeding um like I said it's a very small sample we're in the very beginning of his NFL career but it could potentially be something very very fun that in two years three years we're like man remember like our podcast on Dominique Robinson when he got his first sack in the NFL yeah I mean like I really genuinely believe like the Scott the ceiling for this guy is like it's very high and, like, he is someone that's – I think it's so funny how little attention he got coming out of the draft even. You know, like, he was a pick for us. I remember him getting picked. But, like, yeah. it was all about the defense and the offensive line and they listen to all this stuff. And then was like, oh, yeah, we got a D-end here. But, like, he was without a doubt the most impactful rookie. And, like, I think you sent me a graphic earlier in the week or tweet or something. And mm-hmm. it was, like, the top 10 or 15 most effective rookies on week one. And, yeah. like, the Bears had three or four players in there yeah. with no first-round picks. It had Brisker and him in the top 10 and then just outside the – Top ten had Kyler Gordon. Yeah, it's just like like it's insane. That's a good sign for like Ryan, Ryan Poles. Yeah. I know people complained, but so far, what Ryan Poles did looks like it's worked well. And even in the move to Tevin to right guard, looks like it's working well. Um, Let's just hope the we one can play thing this well I think we conditions. still have question marks, and we'll get to that right now because I want to do a little game preview. We don't have a whole lot of time, um, but we're playing the Packers. It's Packers Hate Week. Ooh, and um. One of the things that I think is still a question mark for the Bears is wide receiver. I agree. Um, it's just, I don't know what to think because Velas is hurt again. He's probably not playing this weekend. So we won't be able to see Velas for another week at that wide receiver or returning. Um, we saw an Equinemius touchdown. We saw a Dante Pettis touchdown. We saw zero diddly squat out of Cole Komet. I don't even know if he had a reception. Mm-hmm. Um, Darnell Mooney was out there, but it wasn't anything like it wasn't at the end of the game you were leaving like oh my god Darnell Mooney made this play and that saved the game so obviously they're going to be putting a lot of attention on Darnell Mooney so we need somebody on the other side there's going to be the place Justin is a mobile quarterback that opens a lot of opportunities so we'll see plays like Dante Pettis happen because Justin's so good on his feet and can shift the line down and make those plays but defenses that are playing better and are not playing in monsoons are going to catch on to that very quickly. Yeah. I, I would definitely agree with you. Like, I st- I'm not concerned about Mooney's week one. Obviously, you know, you like a little bit better performance, but it was they're playing in rain. It was yeah. tough to throw the ball, this, this, and that. But, like, I definitely don't think anyone's come up and established themselves as the wide receiver two number. Yeah, like, I really realistically think there's, like, three or four guys who could be our wide receiver two. Yeah. And, like, not saying that, like, it's just it's so bad, but, like, 
there are a bunch of solid guys mixed in there. Like, mm-hmm. I like Pettis. I like uh, Equinemius. I like uh, Byron, Byron Pringle. Like, mm-hmm. These are all solid players. It's just a question of can they actually step up and establish themselves. And, yeah. like, last week was difficult, obviously, given the conditions. This week, I remember you saying there might be some rain as well. Yeah, now it's, like, decreased a ton. So, so it looks like no rain, not. cloudy, but yeah, no rain. Hopefully not. Hopefully a nice, dry, uh, nice dry stadium. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'd love to see us actually be able to throw the ball because like, yeah. we threw the ball but like it was it wasn't the ideal condition to do so and like, i mean justin fields completed eight passes yeah so like that's just that's just you're not gonna win normal week week, football games that way yeah and so like i would like to see you know a lot more throwing and like i just want to see someone step up yeah and i agree i think that and i don't want people to think i was like criticizing mooney in that light i was just saying that that's a glimpse of what could potentially be done is mooney getting co- double covered triple covered especially when we don't have a given number two that people are like oh this guy can be good you not know, to mention the packers got like they got their ass kicked last week oh, and yes. like plain and simple and like they want to come out and show out that this defense is yeah. supposed to be good defense because coming into the year people were just like this might be the best defense in football yeah and they the got packers. yeah they, yeah. they got they got their butts kicked plain yeah. and simple Vikings and, like, ran all over them, threw all over them. Yeah, were, and yeah. like I could definitely see them being very angry about that, mm-hmm. just being like, "Oh, it's the Bears, you know, we're gonna we're gonna beat them up again." Yeah. Aaron Rodgers owns us, all this and that. So like, I definitely wouldn't come into this being like the Packers aren't the Packers, you yeah. know? Like obviously it was a tough Week One, yeah, and like Which they had that last year. Is Alan Lazard playing? Like Do we know that yet? I I honestly don't know. He I was on he my is. fantasy team, and I didn't even know he was out. That's like how much I was just in game mode last <laughs> week because I didn't even change my fantasy lineups, and Alan Lazard didn't even play. Yeah. But I so think, I'm not totally sure, but I do know that actually I did see. Their, I think I saw him like running around and actually catching passes. So I'm pretty certain he's going to play. This I week. did see their injury chart because I was looking for. I was hearing like a lot of their offensive linemen. Obviously, I heard three potentially out this week, and I was like, "Whoo!" Aaron Rodgers got whooped last week, and yeah. when Aaron Rodgers is getting sacked and killed like that, he gets so angry, and it doesn't go well. Yeah, and I so love it. Any yeah, anytime <laughs> Aaron Rodgers gets frustrated because he's getting hit. It, he's not one of those guys that like triumphs from it. That's when he just gets pissed and you're like, you can see an instant where he's just like done. He's yelling at his receivers. He's yelling at his offensive line. That Christian Watson drop last week. Oh my week. God. I knew. I was oh. like, oh, he's so angry. I, this is the way, just like the look on his face. I was like, if someone could just give that to me and like I could inject it into my body, I would feel, <laughs> oh, just the best. It was so great. So their injury chart right now shows, um, so Bakhtiari, he was limited Wednesday, did not practice Thursday, limited Friday. He's questionable. That's huge. Very. When he's not in, it's a major difference on the left side of their line, especially now that we have their left, their old backup to Bakhtiari. But um, center slash guard, Jake Hansen, full, full, full. It doesn't say anything. So he has a shoulder injury, but he's been full participation. Um, Elton Jenkins, guard tackle, limited, limited, full today, but questionable. Alan Lazard, ankle, limited, 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 questionable. Uh, Mercedes Lewis, also, uh, he had a rest day, then did not participate, then had full participation, but, so I'm not really sure what's going on with that. Um, And then guard, John Runyon, he is in concussion protocol, so he didn't practice for two days, he was limited, he's questionable. So that is three of their offensive linemen that could Potentially not be playing. I st- my favorite stat of all time always is Mercedes Lewis is the only first round pick that's ever caught a touchdown. Touchdown from Aaron Rodgers. I know it's insane. Ma- it makes me laugh every single time. Yeah, like. uh, Jags fans hate hearing that one. But, <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, par- the Packers obviously. I just talked about the O line receivers didn't look well at all last season, and that's why I, s- I mentioned in our last podcast. I'm glad we we're paying the pa- playing the Packers in prime time. I could be kicking myself for saying this later, but in week two because I don't think they're going to have that strong connection yet. And we saw it last week. So if we can just get an ounce of that 
non-connection that we saw last week will be good. Uh, not good as in winning, but will be good in that front of being able to contain their receivers. We definitely um, feel a lot better about this game than we did a week ago. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Aaron Rodgers is scary, though. Like, Aaron Rodgers Especially is against the Bears. whatever. I can't, we're going to hear the stat a million times. I, tw- 25 and 4 against the Bears or something. I can't remember the exact number, but I've seen it flashed all over and I just kind of ignore it because I'm like, I know. Um, another crazy thing, did you know this? So they said since 2006, the Bears have played the Packers in a primetime game every year since 2006, and only four of them had been at Soldier Field. That is kind of surprising, honestly. Four of 17, the rest are all at Lambeau. Well, I, I do think part of it is just like Lambeau's, you know, it's got the mystique to but it. But that's like, yeah. no wonder you're looking at all the primetime Bears-Packers game and you're saying like, oh, Bears never win. I think it's Because you never even give us one at home. Yeah, the Bears Bears in primetime last couple of years, it's been tough. Like, I genuinely do believe in this team and I do believe in Justin. I do think at some point there's going to be a game where it's very clear that like, the Be- Aaron Rodgers will be passing on the torch to Justin Fields in mm-hmm. terms of like, He's the better guy. I don't yeah. think it's happening yet. Yeah. But like, I would love to see. Maybe we'll get like just the beginning of the flames exactly. this weekend. Exactly. I want to see competitiveness. I want to see them being in the game. And like, at the beginning of the season, I was like, this could be a blowout. Like, it, yeah. it could get bad. After and last now you're week, not thinking that. I, I mean, the Packers close. played very badly. Yeah. The Bears played well. And yeah. like, obviously, you had some other things. And it was all all levels of all cylinders played badly for them. Their offensive line looked bad, their receivers looked bad, and their defense looked bad. And, like, not to mention, like, Kristen Watson had the drop in the beginning of the game. They didn't mm. even try and go deep at all after that. Yeah. It's just, like... There's no confidence There's no there. confidence there at all. And, yeah. like, I mean, like, at one point, I think they tried to throw, like, a jump ball to Randall Cobb. Like, yeah. Randall Cobb in his best days was not jumping for balls. <laughs> yeah, like, not happening. It's just, like, there, there's so little receiving on that team that yeah. it makes me a little bit confident, especially given how talented yeah. their secondary is. Look, the Bears have to do their job on offense, too, though. Um... We don't really know yet what we have because last week was so weird with the weather and there was just no way you were going to be seeing a lot of throwing the ball last week. So this week is a big test because the Packers do are supposed to have a very good defense, a top three defense. We just faced one last week and we're able to handle it. Um, But now we're in Lambeau. We're in primetime football. Weather is going to be bad. We can't use the weather to our advantage this time. Um, if anything, Green Bay will be using Lambeau to their advantage. So uh, it's going to be a big test. I just want to see some big plays um, offensively. I want the line to do what the line was doing and give Justin a pocket because when he has a pocket, he's a different human. Yeah, he's he's so talented. Yeah. And like, I'm, I mean, like, I love him. You love him. But like, I think a lot of Bears fans, they really do believe he's going to be the guy. But like, you just got to give him the opportunity to do it. Yeah. And, and- I think like, this next... I'm not expecting us to win. I think we definitely could win. Yeah. But like at the end of the day, like for me, it's the same thing as last week. I just want to be competitive and I want to see progress from the young guys. Yeah. And if that's happening, it sucks to lose to the Packers. But like if you lose in a good close game, yeah, I'll be okay. Especially going one and one in these first two weeks. Like yeah. that's something that I think none of us would expect. So yeah. I'm pretty happy. Because I mean, pretty much everybody, not saying us, but like national media wise was like, I mean, a lot of people picked us to win three games. And they here we are. They're the worst <laughs> in the NFL. Yeah. And like not to mention, like, I don't even really think like, all of the bad teams that were supposed to be bad, they've kind of played well played last well. week with the exception yeah. of like Seattle the Jets. won. Yeah. Giants won. Bears could, won. I'll be honest, I couldn't tell you who the worst team in the NFL is right now. Maybe yeah. the Texans, maybe like the Jets without Zach Wilson, but I have no idea. Yeah. It, it's going to be an interesting season because there are so many young quarterbacks. I think I saw 20, a large number. I can't remember the exact number right now. Maybe 24 quarterbacks under the age of 27. I mean, Something I'd buy like it. that, a very large number um, that started last week. 
So it, it's interesting, and yeah, I think that we need to see a step in the offense, a step up in the offense. I'm confident in our defense right now. From what I saw last week, I think our secondary can hold some guys down. They're, they don't even have to hold Devonte da- Adams down anymore. They've got to hold Sammy Watkins and Christian Watson. Oh no, um, Dobbs, Romeo Dobbs, or whatever. Dobbs, Dobbs, whatever he says. How do you say his name? Um, and so the run game, they're. That's Eberflus's thing. So if Eberflus's defense does their thing and stop the run and they stop AJ Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, this could be a fun game for the Bears. Yeah, but I'm if excited. they don't, it's going to be a scary game because don't let Aaron Rodgers even only be down a touchdown in the third because he's going to throw three at the end of the game. Like, you know, that's he's going to be in a revenge mode this week. I'm just really sick of him owning us and letting us know it. So I like know. I would just especially like I in- hope so bad if we do end up winning that someone just goes I own you. I like. I would like. I would love for Justin to go on Lambo and just have the best game of yeah. his career. Like yeah. that would nothing would make me happier. Just to absolutely just try to even Lambo leap. Yeah, like <laughs> like going up to the, like I w- it would make me feel so happy. Like I might cry. Yeah. Like that's so happy I would feel if we just kick their butts. I don't know if it's gonna happen. Yeah. But we'll see. All right. Well, we will see tomorrow. Um. So, go Bears, and Dylan. We'll see who we're picking this week. Hopefully it's another positive um, because Dom was really fun to talk about and I would love to talk about another positive player. Hey, let's get another second and a half. I'll be happy. There you go. All right. Well, I'm Taylor Dahl. That's Dylan Ryan. We are making monsters for Windy City Gridiron. We will talk to you guys next week. See you then.